new tape recorder. Okay. So what I wanted to do today was finish up a few miscellaneous little bits on Honein Hadas mm -hmm. and then transition to the next bracha. Okay. So the this last bit was we talked about um, Deya Bina Haskel, like a sort of a process where there's Chachma. Um, it actually ties in quite a lot to what we talked about on Shabbos, which we may get to today a little bit. Um, you have the Deya, which is the knowledge, the Bina, which is understanding new connections about the knowledge and implications, and Haskel, implementing what we know, letting it affect us. And Rabbi Lef gives a fantastic correlation. He says the Shalosh Regalim correspond to this. Pesach is the, the knowledge, the Chachma or the Das, the knowledge of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And then Shavuos, which is Bina, understanding the implications of that, our connection to Hashem, that when we're offered the Torah, that we would say, oh, that's good. Do you want me to wait a second? <laughs> you can that? I can't get the... the uh... The last few days, I've had a problem with this thing. Okay, so Pesach is the knowledge, the the experience of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, the knowledge, the recounting the knowledge of the experience. Um, whether you think of it as Chachma or Das, because Das, because we experienced it, and behold, over the Rachay of Adam, Liros Esatzmo Ki'ilahu Mitzrayim, feeling like you yourself left Mitzrayim. So it can be a very deep type of knowledge, but it's the knowledge of it, the ex knowledge of the experience. And then Bina is understanding the implications of it. So the implications of what I know, that Hashem took me out of Mitzrayim, that means, that means I owe something to Him. That means that when I can't see Him, even if I can't see him I can remember that he's always there watching me just like in Mitzrayim it was very dark and we didn't feel that he was present and then all of a sudden we realized he had been present all along and was present in a huge way okay so that can apply that going forward um, if Hashem says I have something for you then I say tell me what to do here I am Right? Like, so these are the implications that are beyond what I know. Even really, it's an interesting concept, even Nasev and Ishma, the idea of we'll do and then we'll hear. Uh -huh. Where does that come from? Right? That comes, that's taking a leap beyond the facts that I know and drawing an inference from it. Mm -hmm. The inference is I may not know what Hashem is asking me, but it must be something good because whatever it is He's got in mind for me, I'm on board, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever it might be. Okay? And then Sukkis is a time. When, when it's expressed in action, as a haskel, we have all these mitzvot. Sukkot is the time of lots of action and mitzvot. So we take our knowledge of emuna, which is based on what has happened, and the ability to apply it forward and make new connections, which is shavuos. And on sukkot, you turn that emuna and that knowledge of your relationship with Hashem into actions. You sit in a sukkah, you leave your home, you turn it, it affects you. So the fact that you know you can rely on Hashem, and you said, I'll do all the mitzvos, now you actually do them, right? Nasev and I'll do it, sure. And then you actually turn that into action. So that's, that's like a very nice, it's a very nice connection over there. Can you tell me what is Haskell? Hus Hus yeah, we're gonna talk a little bit about it more. 
I have another piece with Haskell. Is the Haskell. word in part of Haskell? Yes. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, okay. it's that word. Exactly. Okay. Now, um, um, hold on a second. This goes together with... <laughs> Sorry, I just have like there, like this. Um, we we spoke about. Let me just see how this is labeled. Okay, good. We spoke on Shabbos. Now I'm really jumping. Um. We spoke on Shabbos about this idea that um, that Avraham planted an Eshel tree. Sorry, I'm just mm -hmm. going to move this whole section forward. Um, and we saw, uh, we didn't see it, I saw it. You had to listen to it. But this time I brought it so you could actually see it if you want to. Um, a Maharal, the Maharal's commentary of the Gur Aryeh, right, where he says, how come Rashi explains that Avram planted an Eshel, why does he bring the two opinions from the Gemara on it? I think I read to you from the Medrash, actually, where the Medrash brings an even earlier two opinions, which are later reflected in the Gemara. Um, so that is this, if you want one, you're welcome to have a copy. I did not put English on it this time. Okay, and I'm really, I, I'm essentially starting down. I, I'm skipping the part. We talked about it on Shabbos, about the switch from Kale Elyon to Hashem Kale Elyon to Hashem Kale Olam. That was kind of the topic on Shabbos, of this reference to Hashem. Um, but now I'm like at number Dalid, where Rashi says, Ravu Shmuel. There's two opinions brought in the Gemara. Rav and Shmuel, Charam Apardes. One says that the, this Eshel, which stands for Achila Shasia and Lina, a place to provide food, drink, and shelter, um, was a Pardes, an orchard, Lahavimimenu Peros, from which to draw forth fruits, Laorchim Bisuda, to give to guests for their meals. Becharamar Pundak Lachsanya, and the other says it was an inn, a hospitality inn. Uvokomine peros, in which he stocked all kinds of fruits. And we find that the word netia, by yita eshel, he planted an eshel, does not demand that we assume that it's according to rav, meaning that it's an orchard, which is planted, because the word vayita means to, to, to plant deep roots. Mm -hmm. And we find that it's used for a tent also, like driving the stakes in to set it firmly. Mm. So wow. therefore, we can't take, as the Ibn Ezra does, he disagrees, he says you can't take like the Ibn Ezra, um, the fact that it says Vayita to convince you that it's for sure one or the other. And what the Maharal came and asked, the Maharal, <laughs> the, <clears throat> the title is, hey, at the bottom of this page, but the text is on the next page, and it's small because when it was in the normal size, it was pages and pages long. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> 
if you think you want to read it inside, I can give you a copy of, of the original, which is bigger. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's no Nakudos, and Maharal's not so easy, but this is, you know, if you want to follow along, you can, and if not, that's okay, too. Um, he asks the question, why does Rashi need to tell me two opinions when both of them come to the same lesson? I mean, I haven't necessarily learned a different shot. If you want to tell me, I, why does it matter that Rashi would tell me either it's an orchard or it's an inn when either way he's saying that the point of it is to have the food, the fruits for the guests. And either way, it's Achila Shusia and Lina. It's a place to eat, sleep, and give shelter. So what is the practical difference in my understanding of this verse if what it's coming to tell me is that Avraham, with his hospitality, declared to people that Hashem is God, kill Olam, then what, in what way did it make any difference that you told me the two different opinions that are both saying the same thing? The, the detail is different, but the message was the same. So why did Rashi bring me this difference of opinion? Why didn't he just pick one? That's not typical. Okay, Rashi, if he brings more than one opinion, Okay, so what he does is he kind of analyzes that Gemara more closely, that statement of Chazal more closely about the difference between the Pardes and the Pundak, between the orchard and the inn. Um, this sounds a little familiar, right? I'm pretty sure yeah, we yeah. talked about this yeah. on Shabbos. Okay, I don't want to repeat the entire <laughs> Maharal because it had a lot of different points and a lot of different details, which are all amazing and fascinating and add to the point. But I don't want to go through all of those because they're not exactly our point for today. What is more our point for today is this bit near the end, which is that the difference between teaching people about Hashem through hospitality is either in the nature of an orchard or the nature of an inn. The nature of an orchard would mean that he is teaching people through chachma, through wisdom. If he's teaching people according to the pattern of an inn, he would be teaching them according to good deeds, how to do what's right in the eyes of God. So, I'm not reviewing, like, how did he get to understanding that an orchard, but it's Eitz Chaim Hila Machazikimba, trees refer to Torah. Pardes itself is a sort of a, a, a hint word. It's like one of those key words that really means the secrets of Torah, the inner depth of Torah. It stands for Pshat, Remez, Drash, and Sod, right? And there's a few who went into the Pardes even during their lifetime, but only one came out sane. There's... All these different ideas. So pardes always means this like concept of walking through paradise, but it doesn't mean paradise as in a beautiful beach. It means the paradise of wisdom and knowledge of God through wisdom versus knowledge of God through deeds, through mitzvos. And if Avram is teaching knowledge of God through, through Maisim Tovim, that's a different message. And therefore the fruits are different fruits. It's not just whatever fruits. In fact, the Maharal is struck by the fact that Rashi brings over here this Chazal terming it all in terms of fruit. Because you, you don't like only serve people fruit, right? And in fact, the Medrash, the Medrash 
Shrabah, I think it was, yeah. In the Shrabah that we looked up, those fruits, one case were bread, meat, and wine. <laughs> and in another case were figs and grapes. So <laughs> even the fruits there, not necessarily fruit, but fruit always means like the fruits of your labor. It means the outcome of the work you did previously. That's what fruit is. Just like in a tree, you plant the tree and you root it, the fruits are what develop from it. So when he plants an A-shell, the focus of Hazal goes straight to what were the fruits of, the, of what he planted. Whether what he planted was a tree or what he planted was a building. Mm-hmm. The fruits of it, and that's what they're, they're not even disagreeing, but they're giving these two opinions right. about. It's not right. an argument that goes back and forth, right? Is what is the fruit over here? Is the fruit going to be knowledge or is the fruit going to be my symptoven? Why does that matter? So this is um, the bold paragraph at the end of that Maharal, which I see was meant to start at the beginning of a sentence and started in the middle of a word. The od It's very suitable that in the case of the interpretation that the Eishel is an in, that which gathers people within to it, any person who comes by can enter, whereas with knowledge, not every person who comes by can enter. You have to have a certain degree of, of wisdom and intellect to, to enter a place of knowledge, because otherwise you won't get anything from it. But when it comes to good deeds, that's not limited. Anyone mm-hmm. is welcome to come in and learn good deeds. Mm-hmm. So the good deeds kind of fruit are described as basar v'yayin, meat and wine. Actually, in the Medrash, it was, it was bread, meat, and wine. They are a product of a person's effort, right? You don't pick bread off the tree, and you don't um, eat meat raw, like you don't just chew it right off the animal. That's, in fact, usr, even for a non-Jew. Aver minachai is forbidden. And wine, you don't even just, even, first of all, what you start with is a grape, and even when you squeeze the juice out, it's still not wine. So there's a product of effort that goes into it. So again, that ties to the mysim tovim versus the knowledge, because knowledge, it's true, you might have to toil to get knowledge, but the knowledge itself is a gift from Hashem. Okay, we will, we will get at that a little bit more. But the fruits that come of mysim tovim, yeah, are fruits are fruits that are a product of a person's effort and reflect that. What he tastes is something that's a product of his effort. And not only that, the products of a person's efforts and my simtovim, that's what sustains a person's body. Which is what? My simtovim, not the chachma. As the Torah says, with our meisim, with our deeds, the mitzvos, v'chaybohem, you shall live by them. Aval ha'te'enim v'ha'anovim, the straight fruits, figs and grapes, which are the description of the fruits of the orchard that the Medrash gives. Shehem boim l'kinuach se'uda, you use those as dessert. There, I was going to say that's the frosting on the cake, but that's a weird example because it's so much healthier. It's fruit, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's something, an extra that enhances the meal as a like dessert. I mean, quinoach, I don't know if it has to come at the end. Nowadays, the quinoach means the dessert. It, it's possible it could mean an enhancement to the meal, even if it's during the meal. 
But they are not the main part of the meal that a person sustains himself with and lives on. Also hachachmos, also wisdom. Shehem tovim, it's, it's very good. And the Maharal is a big lover of knowledge and wisdom. But it's not what gives you life. It is your good deeds that allow you to live forever. It gives you life in the next world through your deeds and your actions. It gives you life, it gives your body life in because Tchayas is a reward to the body for its good deeds. It gives you life in the next world, in the spiritual world for your soul. This is where those two opinions differ. And this is why he's saying that Rashi brought both opinions. Because there is a different lesson that we would get out of it than what we would get if he only brought one. It's not just the concept of fruit and feeding people. Okay. But it is also the concept of fruit and feeding people. Because up until now, Avraham, wherever he went, it says he built a Mizbeach and he called out in the name of God. And over here, it doesn't say he built a Mizbeach and called out in the name of God. It says he built a hospitality place and called in the name of God. So there's something different, and it's reflected in this, it's the action. There's something he did differently in interacting with regular Do people. what it means called out in the name of God? Yeah, it means he taught it. And he taught. He taught the name Hashem. of Hashem. He made it known and heard. Okay, Rashi, Rashi says, it's actually a Rashi that's on that other page, I just didn't read it. What does it mean that he calls out in the name of Hashem? It's that he taught people the name of Hashem who created the world and provides for us by offering them food and drink. And then after they ate, he would say, Baruch Shechal let's let's give a blessing to the one that we ate from his food and drink. And they would say, we thought we ate your food and drink, you know? <laughs> so blessings to you. He said, I didn't like create the food and drink. I just served it to you. Mm-hmm. So let's think there's a creator. And that's how he taught them. Okay. So the one who says pardes pardes according to the opinion that it's an orchard, it seemed more reasonable to say about Avraham and the nature of who Avraham was that he taught great people and whoever had the wisdom to hear it the fundamental principles of knowledge and wisdom. Right? We have an idea. Avraham wrote a tremendous sefer of wisdom. And from this, we've been continually like learning out it, within our Masora even. There's like great wisdom and other, wisdom that ended up being the foundation wisdom of other cultures as well that people learn from him. Mm-hmm. He would give people the foundation until they were steady and solid in their knowledge of the truth of God's existence. And that is the very big, the biggest ikker of all. And if anyone ever needed to know something and they didn't know it, they could st- start with the starting point of the knowledge that Abraham gave them and work out from those principles. If they were wise enough, they could work out from the fundamental principles, the greater answers that they needed to know. The fundamental principle is that there's a God and he created the universe and he's constantly sustaining it. If you have that, you can work out the rest from there with enough, with enough brain power, <laughs> so to speak. Uldas Misha Amar Pundak, According to the one who says it's an inn, it's saying that Avram taught everybody, great and small, because what he's teaching them is good deeds, how to do what God wants you to do. And that does not depend on how powerful your brain is 
to figure out from first, to accept the first principles and then be able to work out from it. He says, that's even better. That's preferable. Now that's interesting because is that a given? Is it a given that the action is more important than the knowledge? It's a, it's a machlokas in the Gemara, right? What's more important, the machshav or the maisa? Mm-hmm. The thought or the action? The kavana or the deed? Many you could make cases in both directions. Many, many people discuss okay, he says, Zeyos Atif. To teach people behavior, the right, how to do mitzvot, is even better. He says, now, and then we talked about this, Rav Hirsch does this awesome thing, where he explains that really, both of these, both of these are not only true, but actually stem from one fundamental concept. But we're not, don't think we're going to get to that Rav Hirsch today. That's not our topic, really. Well, it is and it isn't. We'll see. I don't think we're going to go to that Rav Hirsch. I'll make a note just in case we want it. Okay. Now. We're talking about this bit, this process. Dea Bina Haskell. We're asking, on the one hand, Hashem should give us das, and then we're asking for, it should build beyond that, Dea, Bina, and Haskel, where Haskel is intelligent use of the information we have, being able to put it into practice, right? That is this um, discussion that the Maharal is having. What's the main thing? Is it having knowledge? Or putting the knowledge you have into practice. <clears throat> now, there's an interesting case, and this is number Zion, which is on the next page of this handout. It's a Pasuk in Malachi, which we have had occasion to quote on other, on, in other times. But um, I felt like this whole discussion helped explain it. Ki sifse chohen yishmeru das... The lips of the Kohen are guardi- guardians or, or guard knowledge. And you should seek a Torah from his mouth. Because he is a Malach of the Lord of Hosts. Um, it's probably easier. Well, here. Gemara and Moed Katan says, Rav Yochanan asks, what does it mean when the Pasuk says that the lips of the Kohen protect knowledge, you should seek Torah from his mouth because he is a Malach of Hashem? We just said he was a Kohen. We didn't say he was a Malach. I mean, is, is he a Kohen or is he a Malach? Okay, Malach means... Okay, so... I'm going to explain according to how I understand based on the other things I've learned what Rav Yochanan says. Rav Yochanan answers, If the Rav is similar to an angel of God, seek knowledge from his mouth. And if not, do not seek knowledge from his mouth. Okay, so first of all, what he has done is he has said that the word key does not mean because. 
The word ki does not always mean because. There are several different types. When you want to work it, the word ki, and turn it into English, it does not always mean because. It's just the one we're most accustomed to, or it's our default. Okay? Over here, it means if, or possibly even better would be to say when. Mm. Ki often means when. That's like a normal translation for the word ki. So if we say the Kohen is the guardian of Torah, seek Torah from his mouth when he is a malach of Hashem. Now, it still didn't answer the question of, like, is he a malach or is he a person? We don't expect people to be malachim. All right, so what is that? So Rav Yochanan said, well, if he's similar to a malach of Hashem. Okay, now again, what, what does it mean to be a malach? A malach is a messenger of divine force. <clears throat> Excuse me. A messenger of divine force. When God sends, creates into the world a power that will affect things, one way to describe that is sending a malach. Malach means messenger. The literal translation of malach is a messenger. Even a person who is sent as a messenger might be described as a malach in Torah. Because that's what the word malach means, a messenger. Um, I think I've turned some things upside down here. When we... say it here. I feel like I just saw it and it's somewhere in these notes, but I don't remember where. So I'm just going to say this. When we do, we'll probably come across it here, but when we do something in accordance with Hashem's will, meaning Hashem wrote in the Torah, you shall take care of a widow and an orphan. And because of that, I take care of the widow and the orphan. Oh, I know where I saw it. It was over here. Meaning, I don't do it just because I feel guilty that they're in the street. I don't do it to get them to move away from my doorstep. Right? I take care of them because the Torah says you should take care of them. Then what the Torah is the word of God. So it is an expression of Hashem's will. But who's performing his will? Me. I'm doing it because it's his will, right? That's what it means to do a mitzvah because it's a mitzvah. It means I'm doing it because it's Hashem's will. If I'm doing it because it's Hashem's will, then I'm the malach. <laughs> I'm the messenger of the divine force. Because God had a will. He expressed it in words. That's how God creates so to speak, in general. That's you, the Torah uses a terminology of God speaking as him creating. Vayomer Elohim or or, right? So, Vayomer Elohim, take care of an almana and a yasom. And it happened, Vayichain. And how did it, what was the agent of its happening? Me. So when I'm the agent, in a sense, I'm the malach, right? That's, if the Rav is like a malach of Hashem, 
then you should seek Torah from his mouth. We still don't know what it means to be like a Malach of Hashem, but based on what I just said, you start to get a suggestion. That, and, and I believe that this is why the Rambam says, and this is source number nine, Tess, in Mishnah Torah, in the laws of learning Torah. V'chein harav she'eno holech b'derech tova. In the source sheet maker, it's listed as the second half of Halacha Aleph. When I looked it up, it was actually Halacha Beis. So anyway. V'chein harav she'eno holech b'derech tova. A rabbi, a teacher, who does not go on a good path, meaning he does not behave properly. Afal pi she'chacham gadol hu even though he is a very wise person, very intelligent, very knowledgeable, and everybody needs all that knowledge he's got. Do not go and learn from him. Unless, of course, he returns to doing good thing. If you see he's behaving properly, then yes. As the verse says, and the Chachamim said, I believe that what the Rambam is saying is, how do you know if he's like a Malach or not? What's his behavior? Does he do mitzvos? He could have a lot of gadolhu. He could be brilliant. He could have the highest IQ on the planet. He could know the entire Gemara by heart. And all the other commentaries. Don't study a word from him. If his behavior is not that of a malach, because what's a malach? A malach is a messenger. When God's will is expressed in words, as it is in Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> right? If your behavior is excellent, it's the halacha. It's the halacha. Mishnah Torah is the halacha. It's good advice. <laughs> but it's difficult. We get dazzled by the wisdom. Yes. But the truth is, how do you know if you should learn from someone? You know if you should learn from him if he's like a malach, meaning an agent of the wisdom. Does the wisdom come through him, and when it's in his head, it comes out his hands as actions? Is his behavior reflective of his wisdom? That doesn't mean he has to be perfect. Rav Yochanan said, if he's similar to a malach of Hashem, People aren't malachim. But you would know that a person is similar to a malach if he himself is an agent of divine will. If you see that his behaviors are enactments of what he understands to be is the will of God. It's fundamental, right? Okay. This is, I think, similar to that idea of Yaakov. He had a dream and he saw his feet were on the ground his head was in the heavens. He's bridging it. And malachim are going up and down. Star- it starts at the bottom with the behavior. And from there it goes up. And from up it comes down. They're going both ways. That's what malachim do. And we learned that there's a way to read that pasuk where he saw that he himself is the, ma- he himself is the ladder. Not just that he dreamed about a ladder. He is the ladder. Right? We are the ladder. 
And the malachim are going. The forces of God's will are traveling up and down in us. Up and down meaning from our actions influencing up to our minds and from our minds influencing down into our actions. And if it's all up in the brain, that's not, that, that it isn't fulfilled. And that's kind of what the Maharal was saying, right? That it might be a greaterness in the Chachma, but there's a preference in the Maisim Tovim. <laughs> you know, it, was Avraham teaching them mainly the Chachma? Was Avraham teaching them mainly the Maisim Tovim? And it's fascinating because in this bracha, right, we're talking about knowledge and intellect and insight. But ultimately we say, Chanenu and Haskell is being able to implement the knowledge that we have. Because it, the knowledge just on its own, the knowledge is the powerful source. And we're going to talk about that even more in the next bracha. But the proof of the knowledge, the proof of the person, that's not the proof of the knowledge, the proof of the person who's holding the knowledge is in the action. And as we've said many times before, not in the size of the action, the quantity, but in the quality. A small action, but that's moving toward the right place, that is coming from the right knowledge and thought, is the proof that the person is making the choice and using their knowledge properly. Okay. So Rav Schwab talks about this. He says, Haskell means practical applied wisdom. This is kind of the topic today, right? If one has wisdom in theory only, but does not apply it to his practical life, behavior, and character, the wisdom is not called haskel. If you know all the halachos of a subject, but don't apply them in practice, we don't say you have haskel. Leman taskil, that's in Yehoshua, so that you will be successful. Hashem says to, to Yehoshua, leman taskil, know that you'll be successful. The practical, through the practical application of the mitzvahs of the Torah, you will gain success in your endeavors. It does mean seichel, that's what you said. Laman taskel means to use one's intellect, but it refers to success that comes. It's related to hatzlacha even. And then he goes on to say, there's a very telling use of the word maskil in the Pasuk in Tehillim. Elohim shamayim hishkif adam. God in heaven looks down, and uh, we, we saw this actually in Devarim, it says, Hashkifa God, may you look down from your high abode upon us. And it's a question, because Rashi says, he says it in last week's parsha about Lot, um, when, when Avraham looked down, Vayashkef al Pnei Sodom, he gazed down over Sodom. Rashi points out everywhere in the Torah, except for Hashkif everywhere else in Torah, this word Hashkif implies something negative. The person's being um, judged, like the bad points are being noticed. Okay, so Hakadosh Baruch Hu looks down probingly, Adam, upon human beings. Liros Hayesh Maskil Doresh Es Elokim. It's a pasuk to see. Is there a maskil, 
Of course, this was not the modern use of the word maskio, which was haskala, which was used to mean the enlightenment, mm-hmm. as in rejection of mitzvahs. It was, it was exactly the opposite, right? right? Is there someone who has haskel, who is seeking God? And unfortunately, kulosag yachtav ne'lochu ein osetov ein gam echad. And unfortunately, what Hashem sees is that all humanity has gotten sour and rotten. Ain osetov. No one is doing good. What that shows us is that Hashem wants to see is there anyone who is seeking God truly? We would call that a maskil. But what we see, what he sees, is that no one does good. Meaning, if someone were doing good, he would be maskil doresh okay. This is like a proof of the of the idea that lahaskil means it, that the knowledge, the seeking, is turned into some kind of behavior or action change. Okay, there may be people who are doresh eselokim, davening hard, learning Torah in depth, making chedushim in Torah, but they could be lacking maskil, which would be the intelligent, practical application of God's will to the situations in their lives. Mm-hmm. What happens when a person is tested? And the learning will not help them then. They can fail because they didn't have the, the haskel together with their Dorashelokim. It has to be that your goal in seeking God and in seeking knowledge is the application of what Hashem wants of you. It's not just, I'm interested to know. I want to know Hashem's will. Excuse me. I want to have Hashem's not like what the knowledge he's teaching us because I want to be able to do better. Just very much um hello made almanas low mode. If a person studies in order um hello that's if a person studies in order to teach, he will merit to to learn and to teach. But if a person, halomid almanas lasos, the one who studies for the sake of doing, so he'll be zochet to learn, to teach, and to do. Like that's the, that's the best. If you want to be able to do, that's how we're supposed to learn. We're supposed to learn in order to be able to do. And what this brings us to, in a way, is an understanding of why we transition from the bracha for das to the bracha for tshuva, which is the next bracha. Because we're asking for knowledge, but the immediate next thought is going to be, how will it change me? What do I do differently now that I know something I didn't know before? Or what have I been failing in because I was not applying what I knew? Right? That's, that's where the tshuva comes in. So there's a, it's a kind of a natural progression from asking for knowledge that right away the next thing is asking for tshuva and help to do what's right. Because if your knowledge doesn't take you there, then what was the point of that knowledge? Rav Schwab goes on a little bit later on.
He says, Chachma, knowledge, and, and I wondered a little bit if this was part of part of what the Rambam was saying, that the person could be Afopishu Chacham Gadol. He could be a very big Chacham. He says, Rav Schwab says, you could believe, he quotes the Chazal that says, Someone says there's Chachma amongst non-Jewish nations, you could believe that among the nations. What you don't, what you should, you know, don't be silly and believe that there's Torah amongst the Goyim. And there's proofs for this. In other words, Chachma is a kind of general knowledge. <clears throat> and Hashem made people intelligent, and some people greatly intelligent. People can have very deep thoughts, very complicated thoughts, philosophical thoughts, mathematical thoughts, understandings of the physical world. Any human being has that innate capacity for great intellectual achievements, depending upon what scale they've been given of it. And that's Chachma. But it's not enough. So first of all, he says that over time, eventually, one thing it tells us is that over time, the perfection part of this bracha, the geula part of this bracha is that people, even through their wisdom, will be able to ultimately come to knowledge of God. It might take 6,000 years, <clears throat> but that's where humanity is headed. But Torah is straight from Hashem. It's not a product of our work. So Hashem revealing himself to us, which can deteriorate over time. And the ikar of this das and the ikar of this Torah is our desire to implement it. And the last thing that I really wanted to say about this bracha was how come we end with Honin Hadas, which is where we started. It's where we started. We started with Honin Hadas. Well, actually, I, okay. Um, so we said that not everyone can get it. When you say that to me, because somebody is that it that it is in the DNA what are you saying are you um, saying it's because that of it's possible to gain that people? no that it, what he's saying over there about the Chachma Bagoyim Tamin Torah Bagoyim Altamin is that the, the the idea that out in the nations meaning not as a product of divine revelation but through study oh that through study Somebody came up with great chachma, that's very possible. Mm -hmm. What's not possible is that through studying, sheer studying with no masora, no revelation from God, a person came up with an understanding of what God's will is. No. What God's will is, that we have to find out from revelation. Mm -hmm. That comes from Torah. Um, so, where? I have this little. Sorry. I just like stuck the notes in at the end. And then, um, 
Okay, I don't know where the notes are, but I think I kind of remember the principle, which was this, I hope. Of, on the one hand, we have atachonin la'adandas u'malamid la'enosh bina, and Hashem graces us with das and teaches us bina. So that's, and we, we mentioned milamed to teach also suggests that the other person is learning. So there's effort there. And then we ask Hashem to give us deya, bina, and haskel, which are increasing involvement of our effort. Right? Deya is what Hashem gives us, the knowledge. But bina, there's an, <coughs> like, making the, the leaps to connect two different ideas to a new idea. So that new idea now is a product of not only what Hashem has given me freely, but also my having thought about it, right? And the ha scale means I'm implementing it now into action and into my life. So there's an increasing degree of my effort there, which is also a gift from Hashem in its way. What we come back to is Baruch Hashem Chonein Hadas. And it seems like this may be connected. I just can't figure out where I had that source written down. Um, oh, maybe it's this. No, it's not. Okay. Beats me. Um, I, I printed out a bunch of sources today, but I have even more sources open here, which means some of them I must not have actually printed. <laughs> Even though I thought I sent them to myself to print. Um, there's a place that we have these different definitions of that. Oh, I saw it in here. Why do I not see it printed out? I don't know. It's this one. No, it's not. Okay, don't know. Um, <coughs> we've given different definitions of das. Das as connection, as knowledge, um, knowledge of Torah, understanding Torah. It's intimacy, intimate knowledge, knowledge through experience, knowledge that's felt as absolutely true and right there doesn't require proof. Um, oh, I saw it here today. So confused. However, there is another definition for das, which is brought in Rashi <coughs> in Parsha's Kisisa, where he translates das as Ruach HaKodesh. Meaning something that you know from experience, only it's not from your experience, it's something you've experienced by a grace of God. Meaning in the same way that you know something because you've gone through it, you know it because you've seen it through this Ruach HaKodesh, you just know. And it's a fact, okay, whatever that means in terms of Ruach HaKodesh. So I would suggest that that's why we have Hashem gives us das. He gives us the ability to understand things. Das is the ability to make distinctions, to tell differences between things, and in doing so to understand the purpose of each one, right? 
from that comes our efforts. Then we have to put an effort to acquire the knowledge. We have to put an effort to understand new things from the things we've learned, the implications of things. From that comes our effort to implement what we've learned. And at the end of that cycle, we come back. Now we're at a higher level. And now there's a new level of honing hadas, of Hashem giving us a new level of knowledge. The ultimate would be getting to a place where a person has Ruach HaKodesh, right? That's not going to come from just academic study. That's going to come also from a person changing themselves and their behavior and becoming a more righteous person from their knowledge. So the cycle, it starts with Hashem just giving to us. And then there's, there are expressions that are our effort going into it. And when it comes back, then around, and we say again, please give us knowledge. Because there are even higher degrees which he can give us. So that will conclude our study for, oh, of, that, of that bracha. There's a few little miscellaneous notes, but I think we will, Thank you so we will leave them, Be'ezus Hashem. And um, next week, Be'ezus Hashem, we'll start Hashivenu, which we just did like a little transition to, but not. Thank not quite so studying. Not yeah, thank you. Oh, no problem. Thank you. I will no. tuck it back in for next time. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay.